September 27th? That is correct. September 27th, 2017. This is episode 91 <laughs> of the Media Mode Podcast. We are officially We're open for, for business. Somehow. It's great. Um, uh, and business is booming. Uh, yes, the Media Mode Podcast is your source for all the news and reviews and news again about the media including film television video games and music not necessarily in that order my but name is matt i'm mike i'm mike he's matt this is about podcast yes uh, and, and we always start off with talking talk about how we, how our week was y- y- no uh, sometimes we do yeah i don't know i've had a pretty good week it's pretty pr- pretty solid so far it's it's hump day Hump day. We're almost to Friday. It's payday Friday for me. Payday which is Friday. Exciting. Yes. Uh, uh, by the everyone. way, rent is due for everyone with the uh, the first. The first. Uh, I don't know why we need to announce that. It's always the first. Is it always the first? I'm pretty sure for most people. All right. Uh, but yeah, the Evo podcast usually starts with the weekend box office, your Ooh. biggest movies in the country, and this week we called it. Again. Yep, because it doesn't get any bigger than a sequel to a movie everyone loved. Well, I mean, it does get bigger than this, but... Well, yes, to a sequel that everyone This is actually a pretty moderate opening for this thing. Well, it it did better than the original opening. Yeah. But all things considered, yes. Uh, We're talking about Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. Technically, there's no 2 in the title. No, there's a sequel to Kingsman, The The Secret Secret Service. Yes. But it is just Kingsman, colon... The Golden Circle. Yeah, colon. Colon. Yes, yep. it's all about colons. Yep. So yeah, uh, that was the new movie this week, and it debuted at number one. Yep, number one. With $39 million. Yep. Uh, $104 million budget. But good news is that they take in worldwide, which they already made across the 100 worldwide. Yeah, so, so it's, it's going to get there. Uh, yep. Just a matter of time here. Yep. It's just not going to do it right away, which is understandable for the end of summer. Kind of, this is your first first weekend of fall premiere here, and right, and uh, that was expected. Yeah, I still say the thing should have opened at the beginning of yes September. You're right. I think that there was a dead weekend there that they could have owned, yep. and made some more money over the end, like that took advantage of the end of summer crowds. But no, that's what they mm-hmm. didn't. What they uh, didn't. It's not what they wanted to. do. The M Studio messed up there. Uh, but yeah, so you've seen this movie. Yes. So I, And I've you seen... have, uh, when we spoke about this off the podcast, you said you were feeling conflicted about this. Thing. Yeah, so uh, I have uh, some thoughts about the Kingsman here. Apparently not enough to write on the website, mediaboatpodcast.com. Well, uh, yes, because... <laughs> not to blow you up here. Not to blow me up, but yes, yeah. I, I will get that review out there, or my, my, my thoughts out there. No rush. Yes. Uh, but I can give you my thoughts now. The double thing that's going through my head about this yeah, what? is that I liked it. It's a good movie. gives me everything that I want. Yeah. Everything that I liked about the first movie. You are a big movie. fan of the first movie. I want to yes. note real fast. Yes. I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, it has one of my current favorite directors out there, uh, Matthew Vaughn. 
who I continually promote on this podcast. Yeah. Like, obsessively, almost. Uh, Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, to the point where everything that I saw in this movie, I liked, I enjoyed, it was great. That being said, I had this exact same review and exact same thoughts when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That is true. The sequel to the other movie that I liked, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I had the exact same issue. I'm having the exact same issue with it. Uh, perhaps your expectations too high for these blockbusters. Maybe. Okay. Just making sure you know. They may <laughs> be a little bit too I high. I think they maybe are a little too high. Because they give me exactly what I want, mm-hmm. but I'm always expecting more. I'm always expecting to be wow. You want that wild. feeling back where it was a brand new thing. Right. You want that freshness back. And you're just never going to get that from a sequel unless they completely revamp the format. Right. And that's my problem that I have as a viewer and as a critique. A critic. Critique, yes. Sure, sure. a French critic. Yes. (laughs) In that I always want (laughs) them to do better, Uh but never satisfied when they give me exactly what I want. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, But... Let's stop talking about big picture stuff here. The movie. The movie. On the big picture. Was it entertaining? Yes, it was very entertaining. Uh, It has a lot of the spies, a lot of stuff that I like. A lot of throwbacks to the first uh, Kingsman, uh, which was really good to see, really well put, really well designed, well written, well directed. Um, It does do uh, one thing really great, and that is the final fight scene. Which is done in a single take, or at least made to look like a single take. Much like in the first movie, they had the whole church scene, which was made to look like a single take. Yeah. Yeah, they have another big fight scene like that at the very end, and it is well done. Good. And just continues to show how Matthew Vaughn can handle action in a really well-put manner. He's good at it. He's good at it. He's real good. Just, just, Just to put lightly. Sure. Um, so yes. yeah, the, your, the stars all return, yep. including a few others. Yes. And then th- therein lies, um, I guess our predicament, you could say. Okay. As the, as this, as the Kingsman only exists, or at least the movies only exist when there's a big global, um, expense, you could say. Okay. So something of a global catastrophe happened. Right. Something ha- there has to be an impetus for them to show up. Right. Because otherwise they are secret. Right. And they are kept secret. Supposed to be yeah. hidden. When only when they're needed. Right. Yeah. And therein lies the problem of this movie, where the villain is a drug lord or drug kingpin, you could say, um, but does so in a way to where. They're going to kill their... They basically hold the world hostage. Okay. And, like, like literally hold the world hostage because they, like, confront the President of the United States and saying, hey, meet my demands or I'm going to kill everyone <laughs> who used my, my uh, drugs. Which is weird because, as the movie clearly states, it solves the war on drugs. <laughs> So at one point I'm like, oh man, that makes sense. At the point I'm like, but you're killing everyone, yeah. but you're killing everyone who does drugs. <laughs> so that's a good thing, right? Uh, but it's a bad thing. Uh, yeah, that's 
No. And there, that, that right there is my problem with the movie. Uh-huh. That's a... That's it it a, walks a fine line geez. between of this villain. <laughs> Instead of just... Yeah. Because in the first movie, it walked that fine line by saying, hey, we have a population control, so we're going to basically eliminate the population. Yeah, but that's a little bit more clear-cut, because most people would be like, yeah, nah, I see where you're going, but no. Right. No. This one is like, well, that's a convincing argument, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's... I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that there's got to be a way without risking human lives. How about that? Uh, and, and th- that's why I've been having trouble writing <laughs> that review. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's where I keep hitting the wall of the villain is clear-cut a villain, but they're right? I think somebody could... Somebody in uh, at this point in... Um, uh, the media, like in our society and media, how a media has affected our society, could write a very, very interesting piece about the evolving nature of the villain in media. Yeah. It's like how, like, we went from very black and white morality to this current modern blurred line where you have these these antiheroes on our on, like the most popular TV shows, and you have these these villains that are like supposed to be believable to the point where. Oh, I guess. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know what you're trying to say because yeah, with, with uh, the villain here, it's not just like straight. Oh, they're cocaine users, they're heroin users, but they're like medical marijuana users or common, opioids. It's very common now to have some sort of uh, to have your villain be convincing in like a really realistic way which is like oh I could 100% see why they would think that they're in the right here which was easy to see in the first movie yeah this one not so much so yeah it's 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 interesting but uh yeah that sounds uh that sounds at least interesting to uh for an audience I think that'd be oh yeah uh yeah, uh, but yeah, otherwise it, again, it sounds like it does what you want it to do. Yeah, it has all the, uh, fight, the, scenes. Oh, the, oh, the fight scenes, the gratuitous violence, the cool gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's everything that you want from a Kingsman movie, from a Matthew Vaughn movie. And then the weird villain. Okay, you, you uh, so... Uh, oh, our, def- oh uh, okay, so yeah, to put it on our scale... Our media vote scale. Is uh, go see it. Do. Music of Sales says go see it. This is a see it. Yes, this is a see it. Alright, cool. Yep. Speaking of movies we should see... What else is on this uh, box office top uh, five? It is is number two. With 30 million. It is hanging in there. Uh, 50% drop from last weekend. $266 million uh, domestically. I think made bank. $35 million to make. I think made bank. And then that brings us to our number three movie, uh, and the movie that will be promoted as your number, as the number one family movie <laughs> for all the commercials out there. Yeah, by default. Yes, <laughs> the Lego Ninjago movie. And I want to take a bow here because I was correct this time. For what? That it underperformed. Oh yeah. But hey, I'm not here to gloat. Yes, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I am here to give you my thoughts on it. Yes, you saw Lego Ninja... Sorry, what should have be, been called the Lego Ninja movie. Yes. And what did you think? 
uh, as the title on readabowpodcast.com <laughs> clearly says, Ninja Go <laughs> see something, something else. else. <laughs> you almost botched your own joke. Yeah. Right there. I did. Uh, so yeah, you didn't really care for it too much. I really care for it too much. Uh, this is exactly what happens when you try and rush something through yeah. that doesn't have a good platform on it, and then you fill it with a bunch of B-list actors. <laughs> and I say that in the nicest way possible, because all the actors that they did get, I love. I like Dave Franco. I like Andy Jacobson. I like Kumail. Sure. Bajiani. Uh But I like Jackie Chan. But in terms of like a leading cast, doesn't really work that much. <laughs> Especially when at, like for the majority of the movie, you have seven of the characters on screen at any at a given time as they go on this like journey and this quest. Yeah. They just there, like seven of them constantly. So you have to fill all that dialogue with either banter or, like, plot progression, and not necessarily character development. Yeah, that's which the is part. yeah, which is the tricky part because it's definitely a kids movie, but at the same time, it needs to be a good movie. Yeah, it needs to be entertaining. And I feel like the first one. I, the, the Lego, the, the Lego movie. movie, I think, was the best so far at mal- that balancing act. Right, I because think that was written by yeah. good writers yes. who understood how to make a good story, right. and they got an A, A plus casting. Yeah, it was right. it was story first in that thing, and you could tell right. the whole thing. It just so also happened to be kid friendly, and also happened to be. A device to sell their toy, you know, it's like it worked yes. on every in every way because they did story first. Mm-hmm. So this sounds like they were like, "Hey, let's make another one of these," and so the that came first as opposed to where's the story here? Right. This one felt more like, a, "Hey, we have this property that kids know. Yeah. Let's make a movie out of and it." And to be honest, I felt that's the direction this was going on, even with Batman um, about. Watching Batman, uh, the Lego Batman movie, mm-hmm. like I, I, as much as I liked a lot of the bits in that thing, I could still feel that this thing was moving away from them somehow. That they were losing, like, oh, what made that first movie so good? At least to me, right? Because they were trying to balance an, an actual yeah. Batman movie in that as well. Yeah, that that turned out to be more of a Batman movie than it was a Lego movie, right? And <laughs> right, and is well, this more of a Ninjago movie than it is a Lego movie? This is more of a half Batman, half the Lego movie smashed together yeah. to make this thing. Yeah, I because read your lo- review. Yeah, and a lot Sorry, of, I read your thoughts. Yes, you read my thoughts. And a lot of the same yeah. plot lines that they cover in both of those movies are recurring themes in this movie. As if there's only one story they want Lego wants to tell. Or that they've gotten comfortable in the stories that they have told and feel like they can re- rediscover that. Right. In this and uh, that being said, um, the early uh, synopsis that I have read for Lego Two, or the Lego Movie Two, yeah, uh, revolves not on none of those things, and rather okay. on gender equality when it comes to creating and building and being innovative. That makes sense because everything into that first movie. Yeah. Um, so, do you think that this was the B team then? Oh, this is definitely the B team. It sounds like that the that the, the actual crew you'd want are working on the proper sequel. Right. And this is the B team, the, the people who worked on... So it's as if they were people who worked on the Lego movie were split into two teams. They took all the good people and put them on yeah. Lego Batman, 
and everyone else they said, here, we're going to give you Ninjago, see what you can do with it. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. We're obviously not going to assume what's going yes. on in, in the uh, Warner Brothers Animation Studios, uh, but it sounds like something... Something like something was different for this one. This yes. project was different. It was maybe a lower budget project. It definitely felt different watching it. And yeah. It, it definitely in the writing you can tell. Uh, definitely in the acting you can tell too. How they try and balance everyone. And like and I said, I think just, it's because yeah. they knew it wasn't going to be as big of a deal. It's based on a franchise that most people aren't aware of. Yeah. And I think that they knew that going in to a certain extent. I think. The marketing for this was a little wider than it should have been, but other than that, I think it's exactly probably what they expected for this thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, not not great. No. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have a uh, oh so uh, wrapping up then yeah. on the box office, we have uh, American Assassin at number four so with there. six million, and Mother what? at number five with three million. Yeah, uh, sticking around I guess word yeah. of mouth. Not negative or positive, it does something for your movie. Right, and also <laughs> it came out last week, so it's yeah. still there. It's so relevant. Yeah. People are talking about that thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, not positively, but people are talking about yeah. that thing. Uh, that being said, the other movie I did watch this past weekend was The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, you saw The Hit of the Summer. Yeah. <laughs> how, was, how was The Hitman's Bodyguard? Like I said, um, definitely wait for streaming for this thing. Okay. We should watch it though. It's a good movie. Oh wait, but... you didn't give a scale for Lego. Oh no, Lego is def- a hard pass. Hard pass. Okay. Hard pass. All right. Yeah. I like that. Let's just call it hard pass. Just a hard pass. Hard pass. And but yeah, but you uh, okay? Streaming for Hitman's but, Bodyguard. Not yeah. super important to see now. No, not important to see now. But if you're happy to watch it with your buddies and you can't find anything to watch, yeah, go watch it with. It's a good watch. It's harmless. It's a harmless, fun action thriller. Fair enough. Movie. Cool. Right, that brings us to uh, movie news. All right, movie news. Oh, wait, no, ne- new releases for next week. Oh, yeah, new releases. You got ahead of yourself this time, yes. not me. Uh, we have Tom Cruise in American Made. We have Ellen Page in Flatliners. The Yes, remake. Yes, uh, not to be confused with the Dirk Bentley song. Uh, I don't think anyone was confusing it with the Dirk Bentley song. And we also have <laughs> Till Death Do Us Part. Uh-huh. That is a Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Action, er, thriller of a movie. Everybody loves Tay Diggs. Yep. That's so, um, will Kingsman hold over or will Tom Cruise make number one? Uh, they're marketing that Tom Cruise thing a lot. Yeah, I think Tom, I think, I think that'll this is take Tom it. Cruise and action Tom Cruise. Yeah. I, I feel, yeah. Yeah, he'll probably, he'll I mean, probably do decent enough to. Kingsman's gonna put about 20. Right, so, so it'll do so, 25. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be a narrow one, but it'll win. Yeah, I'm looking at close, but yeah, I think uh, Tom Cruise is yeah. the bigger name of the two. Yep, I agree. Yep, even though Keith should get good word of mouth, uh, expect Tom Cruise to be Tom Cruise and do Tom Cruise things. I also expect, um, since we're going with predictions here, I expect it to stick around in the top five. In oh, fact, yeah. I expect it to stick around in the top five way longer than anybody thinks that it will, because. October October is coming. coming. And horror movies? I think that it will have really impressive legs. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, because there's several horror movies. I know, but not until like the end of the month. Right. Okay, so that brings us to Universal then. Yeah. So, uh, Universal has acquired a new movie. Okay. This is a buddy cop comedy 
by Ruben Fesher, uh, who directed Zombieland. Okay. Uh, produced by David Bernard and written by Murray Miller, who also who wrote the comedy Tour de Pharmacy. Oh, all right. And he also wrote uh, Seven Days in Hell. Okay, so he's worked with uh, Andy Samberg. Yes. And his crew. Yep. Okay. And uh, so uh, this one has attached to it uh, American Grit host and star John Cena and recent indie summer um, king, you could say, Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're both attached to Star. Fletcher is attached to Dark Miller will be writing the script. And it's just so far described as a buddy cop comedy. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'll watch uh, Kamel be a, a funny cop. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, no word on what the script is. Uh, it's just a pitch was made. They liked it. So they have stars attached. It's going to be written. Cool. It's like this thing that be cheaply made and come out next year. Alright. Sounds good. Yep. <laughs> next. Next. Oh, what's uh, this? That is Phil Warner, Chris Miller. Oh. So, uh, having uh, been dropped by the Star Wars people. Yeah. Uh, they've signed on to develop and uh, to develop and direct a new uh, movie. Okay, what do they got? It is called Artemis. Okay. It is Does this have anything to do with Artemis Fowl? No. Okay, good. This is the novel... I learned so much last week. This is the novel by Andy Weir. Okay. Name sound familiar? No. He wrote The Martian. Sure. Okay. Uh, last year's surprise hit right. starring Matt Damon eating poop, t- poop potatoes. Everybody's favorite comedy. Yes. And no, that wasn't last year. That was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> Time has flown. Yes. Uh, yeah, so they will be uh, directing this thing for Fox and New Regency. Uh, the book... Will be published this November 17th. Oh, it's not even out yet. Book's not even out yet, but it's already got a movie deal. Sure, sounds about right. Yep, it'll be published by Crown, and uh, then they will get a writer on it, moving on that thing for a script. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are already writing the animated Spider-Man movie for Sony, and they've been offered numerous projects, including The Flash uh, for DC, but... Uh, I think they're going to go with this Artemis project. Okay. As it is being described as an adrenaline-charged crime caper that features smart, detailed world-building based on real science. It centers around Jasmine Bashara, a.k.a. Jazz. <laughs> Jazz. Uh, yes. Who is Jazz, by the way? Okay. Oh, she's just another too smart directionless 20-something, <laughs> chafing at the constraints of her small <laughs> town, dreaming of a uh, better life. I hate when I'm chafing at the constraints. I just hate when I chafe in general. I mean, yeah, it's just <laughs> unpleasant. Uh, uh, here's the twist, though. Oh, wait, there's a twist? Yeah. This small town is located on the moon. On the moon! Yep. And is the first and only city of its kind. Uh, her job as a porter as a porter barely covers the rent, and her budding career as a smuggler isn't exactly setting up setting her up to be the kingpin. So, when the chance at a lifetime uh, at a life changing score drops in her lap, Jazz can't say no, and she finds herself in the middle of a conspiracy for control 
of Artemis itself. Artemis being the mm-hmm. titular city on the moon. Okay. Um, what do you think about this? I like the Lord of Chris Miller. Uh-huh. Um, the Martian was good. But then again, that was directed by Ridley Scott, who knows yeah. how to direct a good movie. Uh-huh. The, uh, Where are you going with this? Do you think that's because it's not a straight comedy that they, they aren't the people to take yes. this project? Yes. Because, I mean, I kind of agree with you, but maybe this is their pivot. Right. Maybe this if, is if their they, chance at, like, if no, they're they're able we don't to just write, do ridiculous If comedy. they're able to both write and direct this thing, maybe. then Maybe. Okay. Yeah. See, t- for me, I, I asked you what you thought about this because for me, this seems like so, 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 so out of my wheelhouse that I was like, okay, this is not for me. <laughs> as soon as I mentioned sci-fi on the moon, well, then you started explaining what this thing was. I was like, all right, I don't know. I what can't. part lost you? The twenty-something or the moon? As soon as you said the moon, yeah, I kind of <laughs> yeah. checked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, it sounds okay. Yeah, uh, so, we'll see. Yeah, like I said, book will be coming out this November. Yeah. Assuming it becomes the bestseller, especially thing to be fast yeah, tracked. Probably. And probably hit 2019, assuming because moon and special effects. Yeah. And script and production. So, yeah, yeah 2019. Okay. March of 2019, I'm calling it. Right here. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Yep. Next. Next. Oh. Mr. Morgan Spurlock. Yes. Is, uh, his uh, mouth is full of fries. Yeah, yes. I, I, I saw that documentary. Yes. And then maybe we want to eat McDonald's. It actually, um, I remember my, my takeaway from that thing, uh, my takeout, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my takeaway from that thing was like, I thought it was going to be way harsher on McDonald's and it actually wasn't that harsh. Like, I remember kind of the lesson at the end was like, nah, it, I just don't eat it for every meal every day. That's the thing that you shouldn't do. If every once in a while, it's still fine. But also, supersizing is pretty messed up. And right. sure enough, McDonald's eliminated supersizing right afterwards. And, yeah. So yes. I think I was actually kind of shocked that it wasn't like, yes. so no, McDonald's you. is evil. It was less that, and it was more like, don't be dumb. Right, don't be dumb. Don't eat it for every meal. Don't eat crap food every meal. You know that this is crap food. We're not pretending it's not. But also, it's not going to kill you once out of every while. Right. Also, don't do what he did and just eat it for every meal for 30 <laughs> yeah. days. Well, duh. Of course not. That's dumb. Because if you eat anything for every meal for 30 days, you'll probably die. Yeah. Which is dumb. So, yeah. Variety is spice life, kids. But, yeah. So, I hear that there's going to be another one of these. Uh, no. Or sort of. They already made it. Yeah. There is already a you super size You know what I mean too. when I say that. Yes, uh, it premiered at the... Ter- I don't care if they made it or not. It premiered already at the Toronto International... Again, Festival. how many times must I tell you? If it ain't wide, it don't count. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Super Size B2, Holy Chicken! Holy Chicken! As it has been titled. Uh, we'll, we'll in fact get a theatrical release. Okay, explain to me what this is. I'm not sure why this exists. Uh, there's no such thing as Super Size anymore. Right. Uh, this film will battle the food industry again, but this time from behind the register. As Morgan Spurlock ah. opens his own fast food restaurant. Got it. Okay. But there's more. Right. As I said, this thing did premiere already at the Toronto International Film Festival and was purchased. Okay. Matt, put a price tag on this movie. 
300 million dollars. You overshot it by a hundred billion. Damn, I was closer than I thought. Two hundred million dollars. No, no, no. Oh. I, sorry, sorry. A hundred, a hundred times. Oh, over. <laughs> sorry, I thought you said oh, just a hundred billion dollars. No, uh-huh. no, hundred times. So it was three million dollars. Three point five million dollars for this for this time. That's it. Okay. Yeah, but that's not the surprising part. The surprising part is who bought it. Netflix. No. Hulu. No. Amazon. No. <laughs> I guess it is really surprising. <laughs> Crackle. No. The Dead Corpse of CISO. No. IFC. No. <laughs> Bravo. Keep going. <laughs> uh-huh. It's an internet company. Most of those are internet companies. <laughs> Does not help me. Twitter. You're, you're closer, but no. Facebook. No, keep going. What? The one with all the videos on it. Instagram. <laughs> no. <laughs> Snapchat. No. YouTube. <laughs> there you go. That's not it. Oh, whatever. Anyways. YouTube Red has purchased Morgan Spurlock's uh, movie sure. for $3.5 million. All right. And they will indeed put this in a theatrical release in 2018 and then uh, put it out itself on YouTube Red. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That checks out. Yep. Sure. All right. You wasted so much time on that. <laughs> hey, you were the one who asked me to guess. All right. It's all on you. And you that, just said it. Yep, yeah, and that brings us to the end. That was the end of movies stuff. <laughs> That's the end of movies. They're done. Yeah, well, because uh, after this, yeah, because after <laughs> no this, more I, movies. I have the Kingsman up here. They got rid of them. Yep. Yeah. So that's our movie news. Okay, that's our so movie news. Let's move on. Let's talk about television. Yeah. We do not need to dwell on sports. We took care of that yesterday. Wait, wait, I do have sports here. <sighs> uh, it's, I have written down, here are our thoughts on this past weekend's events on our Twitch channel. Via the Sanchez. Yeah, so uh, if you have not been tuning in to our Tuesday night show, Tuesday nights we are live on twitch.tv slash mediaboat with the Sanchez, our journey into Madden 18's franchise mode using none other than the famous football player, as I've referred to him on the site now, Mark Sanchez. Yes. So if you want to see Mark Sanchez throw intercept- interceptions all the way to probably not the playoffs. Hey, he had a 350-yard game. He did, and lost it. No, he, well, we won that one. We won it. Oh, we won we that won one. Twice. We won twice. No, no, remember? We got that win st- stolen away from us at the end. I know. We, we won, won once. No, no, we won three for three. We won twice. No. Yeah. We won once. We lost the first game, won the second game, and lost the third game out of a Dumb decision by our coach. No, 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 no. That third game was the one that we killed. You, the first one was the one that we narrowly lost by dumb reason. Anyways, uh, but yeah. So um, you can tune in again on Tuesday night. But yeah. So uh, if you want to hear more of our thoughts about this week in sports, tune into that show. Uh, it'll free up some space on this show. Uh, so yeah, we talked about the last week in sports, kind of over the Sanchez 
Uh, last night, you can find the archived stream of that on twitch.tv or on mediaboatpodcast.com, yep. where you can just press play on the little shiny video on the story. Yep, so if you want to hear all our thoughts on the current yes. political forecast yes. and how about that, that. the NFL and NBA, yes. that's on the Sanchez. We're going to try and relegate all of our sports stuff to... Which to means we're going to have to continue coming up with dumb ideas for sports streaming. Which will actually be doable, because after this next one for Madden is over, it'll be uh, MLB, World Series time. Yeah, we're going to go jump back into the show. And we're going back so, to the show for uh, the World Series. That's and that being said, that is going to be a great segue, as this is the last week of MLB baseball. Playoffs will begin starting on October 1st, which is Sunday. Yep. So if you like baseball, tune in, because there's not a whole lot left. Yep. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, anyways, the Sanchez will be back season. next Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night at around I believe we are 6 wrapping, o'clock p.m. Yeah, and I believe we are also wrapping up. We have four games left in our season. If we can pack all four games into a reasonable time, then yes, we will probably have our final episode on Tuesday. If not, you can tune in for another week of it, but we'll see. Right, at which point we'll play the last game and then have some fun with a or bunch something. of other crazy stuff. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so yeah, uh, tune in to that. Uh, there will be a story uh, posting 15 minutes till on MediaBoatPodcast.com. Uh, so tune in there if you want to watch live on our very own website. All right. So All right. TV stuff happened. Television. Yep. Uh, everyone's favorite show, Game of Thrones. It's, yeah, people like it. Yep. Uh, has The budget has been released. Okay. Yes. So uh, this is... So... Uh, as we've said before, and we continue to count down, this is season eight of Game of Thrones, and there will be six episodes for the final season. Each episode will have a budget of $15 million. Damn. That's like five Morgan Spurlock documentaries. <laughs> yes. H- yes. And if you do the math there, HBO is throwing... <laughs> Roughly a hundred million dollars at this final season. That's a lot of money. Well, it's ninety, but there, I'm sure they'll find ten, another ten to use somewhere. Actually, when you consider the each our feature length this season, that's actually not that much money. Right, because each episode, as we mentioned before, will be roughly ninety minutes. Which goes to show you how much ridiculous money is in movies these days. If you can make television that good and only spend that much. Yep. Uh, yeah. So not only that, but they have also announced the directors. For these past six episodes, and they are have directed some of the favorite and best Good. episodes of Game of Thrones. It's almost like they did that on purpose or something. Yes, directors include Miguel Sapochnik, okay, who directed The Winds of Winter and the Emmy-winning episode that won all the Emmys, The Battle of the Bastards. Right, so he's the guy. Yes, so. If you see his name come up in the credits, in the opening uh, of Game of Thrones, expect either a huge-ass battle to happen, mm-hmm. or expect some of your favorite characters to maybe not be there anymore. Yeah, some, some stuff will go down. Yes. Um, also uh, directing will be David Nutter, <laughs> who directed, Sorry. Who directed uh, episodes Mother's Mercy and The Reigns of Casimir. Reigns of Casimir is better known as... The Red Wedding. Got it. So, expect some shit to go down there. (laughs) (laughs) And, lastly, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the showrunners, will direct the finale. 
as they, they should. As they should, and has is usually um, tradition. Cut tradition. Yeah. Um, they will direct uh, the finale. They might also direct the penultimate episode as well, leading up to it. Um, however, those are your directors, cool. which means that there are six episodes. Most likely, each one will get two okay. episodes. So, we're counting down here. That'll be interesting. Yep. Uh, also, uh, production for the final season will begin in October and will continue into the spring of next year. This is notable because HBO still hasn't announced a release date. And it very well could miss out next year. Meaning we could see this thing in 2019. Wow. I think that people would revolt if that happened, though. So, I don't think they are going to delay it. Well, here's the thing, though. There's no way they're going to be able to make that April premiere. Okay. They may be able to make it summer. Or, we're going to see this thing in the fall. And if they do it in the fall, they might as well wait until January to say start your year off with Game of Thrones. Uh, summer season actually might be a smart move for them. Well, summer, that's what they did. They with, can pretty much dominate past, the summer, right? This, well, this past season was a summer. Yeah, was a summer thing. I mean, yeah, I think that, that, that I think that it makes some sense. Right, and granted that it is only six episodes, I can see them doing summer. Yeah, or I could also see them doing a winter. What would be interesting is to do a winter, twenty eighteen, and say uh, because winter has come, and just roll <laughs> in with the whole winter thing. Yeah. I see where you're going, but no. I still think that they got to get it in. This, well, this think about it. Do it right after November. Or right, right in November. You get episode six uh, right after Thanksgiving, and you end it right before the New Year. No. That's six weeks. No. That is six weeks. No. Yes. I don't agree with you. I think it's going to be summer. Uh, uh okay. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're just wrong. I'm not wrong this time. All right. All right. Uh, oh, and uh, last bit of news here. For Game of Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones stars Kit Harington and Rose Leslie are engaged. Oh. Yes, uh, they made it in 2012 uh, as uh, the titular Jon Snow and the wildlings Ygritte. But sadly, Ygritte left the show two years later. Or sorry, she didn't leave the show. She was... She, yeah, she died. She died. Uh, well, yes, I'll say, say that. Yeah, she died, and then she's marrying the man who simply won't die. <laughs> so, yep, that happened. Or that happened, will happen. They're engaged. Who knows when the wedding is, but yeah. So, congratulations on uh, the announcement. We'll, we'll send our gifts in the mail. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, this brings us to SNL. Sure. So, uh, coming off uh, their Emmy winning yes. season, uh, and the upcoming season premiere on Saturday. Guys, it's here. It came up quick. Guys, it's here. All Ryan right. Gosling and the Jay-Z. Moose. Yep, Ryan Gosling and Jay-Z uh, will be yes. uh, your host and musical guests for but this weekend. we're missing a crucial piece of the puzzle here. We're a week till, and we don't know... The cast. Tell me the news. So, the news is that they have casted the next cast. two episodes. No, casted. That's not... No. Yes. So, the next two <laughs> episodes uh, will be Gal Gadot 
And yes, favorite on the show here, Kumail Nanjiani. What I was talking about, <laughs> sure, yes, I also saw this. It's uh, those are two really good solid picks. Yes, Gal Gadot will summer. host October seventh yep. with musical guest Sam Smith, who yeah. put out a new song uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah, and then uh, Kumail will host the following weekend, October fourteenth, with musical guest Pink. So I saw uh, today uh, that on Twitter. Uh, they were taking uh, suggestions over Twitter uh, for musical guests for the rest of the season. Okay. So I thought that was kind of a neat little thing. Getting some fan input there. Uh, I'm assuming one hot one would be Chance the Rapper. Uh, he's already hosted, so that would be a good one to get back. Wait, did he host? Are yes. They, oh. Chance did... did uh, no, I'm uh, sorry. Duty? He didn't host. He. Yeah, he did... The musical. Oh, you want him to do Double Duty. Yeah, Double Duty. Okay, yeah, he, he would give you a good pick for that, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, who else, who else do you think should? Uh, for hosting duties? No, for, for musical, musical guests. guests. Musical guests? Um, I would say Linkin Park, because they have a new album. I but mean, it's I don't still think technically it's, possible, yeah, but it's I don't still know possible. if they want to anymore. Right. Uh, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters will definitely... I think will probably show up this season. Yep. Uh, um... Expect Lord to come out again. I think she'll still do. Uh, probably not right away, since she was so 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 recent. Right. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Yeah. Paramore. Maybe they never did it. They haven't done it before. Um, I'd like to see them do it. Expect another Justin Timberlake episode. I feel like yeah, it's, it's been time. a while for it. For him. it's time. Yeah. Uh Anyways. Uh, so yeah, but there's another uh, story. What I was trying to get you to, which is, you told me that there was something about some cast members. Some announcements were finally made. Oh yes, which is what I'm excited to hear about. After threatening that I would look this up, I actually didn't look this up, so I still do not know. Um, I'm curious to see if you know uh, who is staying. Uh, and uh, who they're adding on. Well, we know who's staying, everyone. Well, well, we know who's leaving as well. Yeah, we know. So, to recap what we know, yes. we, uh, Bobby Moynihan has departed. Ma- Vanessa Bayer. Vanessa Bayer has left. And uh, 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 Zashir Zemeda. Yes, Zashir Zemeda has left. Yes. So, the rest, uh, I'm glad they didn't excise um, uh, Melissa Villasenor. I thought she was sure a one season on the bubble thing, but I'm glad that she's back. I yes. want to see more of her Owen Wilson. Right. <laughs> that's hilarious to me. Yes. I don't know why, but that's hilarious to me. Um, who are the newbies? Oh, you mean the featured players? Let's let's talk about our featured players. So, uh, first featured player is Heidi Gardner. All right, who's Heidi Gardner? She was part of the Groundlings. Of course, she was. That's all I got on her. Really? Yeah. Do you know who you are? No. Oh. That's why I'm asking. Oh. I don't know who she is. So she hasn't really done anything else besides improv? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, we also have Luke Null, who okay. is part of IO Chicago. Another improv troupe. All right. That's it. And <laughs> lastly, we have Chris Red. Okay. Who you should know. I should? Yes. Should I? Yes. I don't know. He was in Popstar. Never Stop. Never Stopping. What do you know? He was... The rapper. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a good pick. Yeah. All right. I can totally see yep. it. So those will be your three featured players. Okay, cool. Uh, added to the cast this season. That's great. Also, we have uh, seven new writers coming okay. behind behind the scenes here. Cool. 
They are Sam Jay, who wrote for uh, Comedy Central's Comic to Watch. Okay. Gary Richardson, uh, writer, uh, or writer or premiere or starred in um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Hmm. Okay. We have Rick Marino, uh, who wrote for The Hughleys. All right. We have Andrew Dismukis, who wrote, or who was a touring comic. Dismukis? Yes. Okay. Who was a touring comic, uh, most notably uh, part of the Fun 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 Fest. Okay. We also have Stephen Castillo, who recently did a set at LA Riot, or Riot LA. We also have Claire Friedman, who was the editor for the Harvard Lampoon, and Nimesh Patel, who was a writer for the 88th Academy Awards. Okay, cool. Yep. And also, in a side note, Pete Davidson has been diagnosed with split personality disorder. Really? Yes. He's been officially diagnosed. Interesting. Huh. Okay. All right. That's, um... Interesting. (laughs) Okay. I don't have anything else to say about that. All right. Uh, So, yeah, moving on. What else we got? Moving on. Um, Arrowverse will be getting ready for another two or four episode crossover. Okay, yes. real quick, explain what Arrowverse means. Uh, basically, the DC CW. Right, the CW shows that are based on DC comics. So yes. Arrow, The Flash, uh, uh, Supergirl, and DC Legends of Tomorrow. Correct. You've okay. named all four. Named all four. I did it. Yes. What's my prize? Uh, your prize is Crisis on Earth. Crisis on Earth? X. Earth X? Yes. Oh, because there's different Earths. Right, because DC they live, yes, because DC got revolves around the multiverse. Like, what number Earth is this? Right. Kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, so, yes. So, they recently announced Crisis on Earth X, and will feature villains from the alternate universe of Earth X. Okay. As they crash a wedding and force our heroes to work together again. Uh, I say again because this, of course, happened last year. Ah. Uh, when the first four-part uh, crossover event happened. Okay. And it looks like they'll be doing this seasonally. Cool. Um, yep. It will be evocative of the annual Justice League slash Justice Society crossover special from the comics. They have just started production on that, so look for it to come out later in the season. Probably like a November Release, yeah, yeah. Right. I only say that because that's usually around the holidays. That's usually around sweeps when everything gets their big episodes in. Yep, <laughs> smart. Yep. All right. And speaking of CW, let's uh, keep with the, that thing going. Okay. And talk about uh, Riverdale. Okay. What's up with Riverdale? Riverdale. Um. Well, Riverdale's lead actor, Arch, who plays Archie. K.J. Appa, age 20, on the CW series, um, was in a car accident. Oh. Yep. Apparently, he fell asleep uh, driving his 45-minute trip home after working a 16-hour day. Damn. He was taken to a local hospital for observation and later discharged without serious injuries. The passenger side of the car, however, was destroyed... After striking a light pole, and the vehicle was rendered inoperable. This has prompted the cast and crew to demand better safety protections during production. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. 
the show, uh, Riverdale, routinely requires shoots that last until the early mornings of the hour and are not provided transportation to and from the set. Hmm. Here's where it gets interesting. You know how I said um, that the passenger side was completely destroyed? Yeah. Someone was supposed to be in there. Oh. None other than co-star Jughead, played by Cole Sprouse. Oh. That Cole Sprouse. Yes. Of the Sweet Laugh and Zach and Cody Cole Sprouse. Right. Of Big Daddy Cole Sprouse. Yeah, yes. Yes. That Cole Sprouse. Yes. He had planned to be in the car as well, but changed his plans at the last minute. Good good idea. Good, yes. good, good call with the change of plans. Yep. Uh, a call between representatives for the actors and WB executives is being set to discuss the issue further. Jeez. Uh, whether it is cutting hours or making sure that if you do work over 12 hours or, or X amount of hours that there's transportation provided for you. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that it took something like this for them to realize that maybe that's a little overworking your people. This is set in Vancouver. Yeah. So Canadian law is in effect here. Sure. Yeah, I, I, you would hope that hopefully they, they, they take this as a lesson. It's just, again, it sucks that this had to happen for this to didn't even think about the conditions of their actors. Um, but yeah, uh, that's bad. And uh, yeah, I hope they figure it out. Hey! Do we have anything else for television news? Uh, yes. We do? Yes. Uh, lastly, we have our thoughts on American Vandal. Uh, yeah, so you watch this thing. Uh, there are thoughts up on MediaBoatPodcast.com if you want to see him get in depth here. Yeah, we were pretty busy on our thoughts this weekend. We were. There were a lot of things to think about, for yes. sure. Uh, so yeah, tell me about American Vandal, which is on Netflix and is a <sighs> fake documentary series. It is a parody documentary series on the recent rise in, in docu-crime. Crime documentary. Crime documentary. So think your, uh... The, the How to Make a Murderer yeah. um, Scandal What was the one? The Confession Tapes? The, yeah, Confession Tapes one? Yeah. Uh, The one you watched recently too? The, the Keepers? Yes it's like Stuff like that Yeah uh, the, These really um, thought-provoking and really in-depth um, It's like, did did he really do it? Or did he not really do it? Yeah. Let's talk to everybody in their lives to, the to find out this. Try and get to the bottom yeah. of this and they're usually pretty plotting pace-wise because it's like a lot of research like, and they go through yes, everything. Yes, and then you're like, hey, look at all this research we did just to get to the conclusion. Yeah. So this is that, but with a twist. Right. The twist being that this is a scripted yeah, it's fake docuseries. Fake. It's all fake. None of this happened. Yes. But also it's a twist because it's about high schoolers. Right. Uh, not only is it about high schoolers, but it's also about the effects that something like this can cause on, on people in their society, how people are viewed. Um, so, it's, it's, uh, reading your thoughts, it sounded like something that you did not necessarily anticipate the direction it was going to go in. Uh, no, I did anticipate this was going in because I had yeah. read uh, reviews saying that this is a much watched documentary. Oh. It's not a documentary, it's a mockumentary, yeah. however you want to put it. But also, it uh, was a little bit more, uh, it was more hinged on the high school drama aspect than you wanted it to be. Yes, that's, yeah. that's where my issue comes in with it. Right. Um, because as well done and has... Um, poignant as it tries to be, it still ultimately is a high school drama. Yeah, when I was watching a little bit of it, um, it seemed like 
it is hitting the notes that you would want something like this to hit. Right. But... But then, like, every five minutes they do, yeah. like, a dick joke or, they have to or go, like, a pop culture reference or something. It would turn into their attempt at, quote, comedy, end quote. I yeah. hesitate to use comedy normally. Right. Um, to really describe it was basically, like, oh, but we want to remind you every once in a while that these are high schoolers. Right. And it's like, I get it. I get that tonally. But it, what it creates is such a weird tone for that thing. It's like, who is this for? Kind of thing. It's like, yeah. who is this for? This is obviously not for high schoolers because this it, it deals with some really serious you know <coughs> stuff and and uh, there's constant profanity and it's just it's obviously meant for adults. But at the same time, it's just so juvenile. Right. It's like, what is who is this for? Kind of thing. But it's well done. It does it does exactly what you want it to do, just in a weird way. I think is probably a way you could put it. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't your favorite thing. No, it wasn't my favorite thing that uh, Netflix has done. But that being said, it what it does well in terms of like poking fun at all these docu crimes and like over analyzing everything as they do. Yeah, that part I like. That part's good. That part well done. They hit the nail on the head in that. Fair. It's the juvenile comedic part that I think didn't work. Doesn't work yeah. for it. Even though that is exactly what they're trying to do with it. it they're trying to do both. They're yeah. trying to do both at the same time. And I think that, yeah, I think it just overwhelmed it. It was distracting, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Uh, nope, that's all I have to say. That's numbers to our cancellations. Wait. No, it doesn't. What? We have another review? I watched a documentary, too. What documentary did you watch? I that's watched... I, no, that's not a documentary. <laughs> I didn't talk about that last week, but I'll be real brief here. Yeah, I watched uh, BoJack Horseman uh, Season 4. My thoughts are on the site. Go there for information. Anyways, but this week I watched Lady Gaga 5'2", which is a documentary about Janet Jackson. No, it's about Lady Gaga. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. Lady Gaga is her stage name. So, yeah, I actually don't know her real name. It's Stephanie something. Stephanie, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, so... Stephanie, last name, very Italian. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, it's a documentary about Lady Gaga taking place um, in the uh, uh, road to her release of Joanne uh, last year, her most recent album. Uh, and it is a very fascinating piece of thing, like a piece of TV. So that thing kind of does a, it does a really good job of establishing Lady Gaga as a person, which is something that's really hard to do because her persona has been so, you know, larger than life. Right. And it kind of talks about that, too. So one of the weird things about the, 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 the album cycle for Joanne last year was that she wanted it to be her as a person and it wanted to be less of like I'm not going to be the person walking out looking ridiculous anymore that's not who I am anymore well, I'm just going to do one where it's just me doing the, doing an album about like things that matter to me personally and that was kind of different for her and so with this documentary it's kind of an, a, a companion piece to that because it really goes into who is Lady Gaga as a person so you get to see where she lives you get to see her with like no makeup, no outfits, just in a leotard and sweatpants. That's literally how this thing opens up. Is she is cooking in her kitchen in a leotard and sweatpants with her family around her, and it's it's this different different image for Gaga. This entirely different world, 
And then it goes into further further things about her, like her struggling with like st- the stress of recovering from a hip uh, injury that she had suffered into like her interactions with like her massage therapist and like her like genuinely looking like she's in pain constantly and the only respite she gets from this pain is performing and then it goes into you would actually think this part's interesting it goes into her preparation for uh for uh, her super bowl performance yeah, so you get to see her warming up for the Super Bowl performance and even get to see her interacting with, like, the stage manager and stuff for that performance. Super fascinating stuff. It also goes into stuff about recording for Joanne. You get to see her in, uh, in the recording booth with uh, Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine uh, for the song that they did a duet on. You get to see her with a couple of producers, both with Mark Ronson and with Blood Pop, uh, who is also making a name for himself recently. Uh, but yeah, it's just a fascinating little thing. It's like, and, and, she, and she's really dwelling with some real problems of this thing. She talks not only with her injury and not only with her pain that she's that she's suffering through, but also like dwelling on just her feeling alone. Like she talks about multiple times, she kind of breaks down this thing, talking about how she feels like she has no true friends, that she has no time to be with her family, she has no time to find a relationship post her major. Uh, 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 di- like not divorce, she was married. I think it was just a breakup. Uh, but like a couple years ago, it's just like super interesting. I was I was way into this thing. Um, so yeah, uh, if that sounds at all uh, interesting, it's very compelling uh, and well made documentary. So if you think uh, if you want to know more about kind of the inside life of Lady Gaga, I'd say check that out. Uh, and also uh, for those who are interested. Uh, there is one scene where she is topless. Okay, we're checking this out. <laughs> I knew I'd get you. You had me at Super Bowl. Yeah, I figured. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing. Um, it's about an hour and 45 minutes. It's a little on the long side. Okay. But if you have uh, some time and that sounds interesting to you and you like music, uh, it's one of the more uh, interesting uh, portraits of a modern pop star that I think we've had in a long time. Okay. So yeah, uh, that's cool. All right. And that brings us to... Cancellations and renewals. It does. What is still on the earth and what is no longer with us? Uh, so first up, we have Billy on the Streets. Street. Cancelled. Yeah. Cancelled? Uh, well, cancelled after its fifth season. Uh-huh. Uh, it was up for a sixth season, but it will not be on okay. TV. However, it will likely return in a new format on a new network. Got it. Okay. Yes. Also, BoJack Horseman renewed for season five. Uh, of course, we saw that. Actually, I saw that the like the day, the morning after we recorded. Yep. On uh, last Thursday. So. Yep. And then, uh, as for people who left us. Yeah. Uh, we have Seth Firkins, age thirty-six, American audio engineer <laughs> who worked with Future, Jay Z, and Young Thug. We also have Barry Denon, age seventy-nine, actor in Jesus Christ Superstar. The Shining and Fiddler on the Roof. But the big death, the one that happened literally hours ago. I don't know if you saw this. Probably not. I don't know. But um, an American icon and legend has sadly left us uh, at the ripe old age of 91, surrounded by the most beautiful ladies you have ever seen. Of course, we're talking about Mr. Hugh Hefner. Wait, really? Has officially died. 
Wait, uh, is Alex still alive? Do we have uh, do we have a pulse for her? Because... I don't know, but official American icon, wow. Playboy founder Hugh Hefter, died uh, in his mansion, surrounded by loved ones. Oh, Ninety one years old. She is not going to take this well. She doesn't take anything well. Friend of the show, uh, Alex, is not going to be thrilled by this. Yes. Uh, uh, Hugh Hefter, for those of you who don't know. Uh, started the issue of Playboy. Playboy. Yes. Yeah, started uh, from his kitchen run table. the Playboy Empire. In, uh, yep, the first issue was in December of 1953 and yeah. has continued to produce magazines. So um, this is just, uh, this is not from your story, but I just know this, uh, is that the, the, the uh, after his passing that the, the Playboy Empire will be handed down to his son. Okay. Uh, that was at least the plan. Uh, so as far as I know, that is still happening. Right. As far as we've reported, at least, the Playboy Mansion has been sold. Right. That already happened. Right. That had already happened. Um, so. Right. And our joke was, does he come with the, the mansion? And the, and the answer was yes. Yes, he, he did. Does, for but as long as he lived. Which now he'll probably now. be buried in the yard, I'm sure. The grotto, most likely. He's got to be buried in there, right? I, I would mean, assume they, so. Where else would they put it? Um, He's got to be there. Rose Hill Cemetery, where all the celebrities are buried. Yeah, but think about it. He would want to be there. Yeah, yes. He would want to be behind the mansion. Yes. So yeah, he'll be there. Uh, some of uh, his notable rewards, or rewards, awards. Oh. Yes, include the 1996 International Publishing Award. Okay. Uh, in September 2001, he was inducted into the New York Friars Club. Um. In January 2002, he received the Henry Johnson Fisher Award, the highest honor of the magazine publishers of America. Also, in March 2002, he inducted into the Harvard uh, honor, honor member of the Harvard Lampoon. Um, sure. So yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I kind of I think that the takeaway here is yeah, this will be the loss of an American icon. Yes. Regardless of whether you what you thought about him, you know, like. You know, over the the history of Playboy's existence, it's kind of gone in and out of public consciousness, no pun intended. Uh, (laughs) I mean, but it's uh, it's an interesting publication to kind of look back on. I mean, you had a lot of very important authors uh, having their first published written work there. Uh, You had a lot of famous pictorials, of course. A lot of famous celebrities have come out of uh, Playboy. Pamela Anderson, uh, for one. Um, you've also had, uh, I mean, yeah, you could the, call the, the iconic centerfold. Yeah, and of course the the, the, the bunny logo. Like yes. these, these, these are important things. The in short-lived culture. TV show oh, God. from NBC. The game. Remember the the Playboy game. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's like uh, it, it it'll be uh, it's sad in a way to see him go. You could make an argument that maybe he was a little opportunistic about uh, the sexual resolu- revolution in the late fifties, early sixties. Ah, but what are you gonna say? Um, I think that uh, Playboy had a piece of American culture um, for a very, very long time. Yes. Um, and uh, so yeah, it'll be a different thing now yep. uh, without that man. But he will live on in our consciousness and in pop culture jokes to. For I'm sure as long as we're alive. Yep. Yeah. If you ever see someone <laughs> just wearing a robe, smoking a cigar, walking around their house, yeah, it's a you after joke. Yeah. Or 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 something more generic than that. But yeah, maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Hugh Hefner is also a two-time Guinness Book World Record holder, including uh, holding the longest-running editor of the uh-huh. magazine. Okay. And from the largest scrap scrapbook collection. I'm sure he which does. Consists of 29. 
100 volumes. I'm sure he does. Okay. Uh, yeah, he will be missed, uh, but we will all remember him as a society for a very long time. Okay. What else do we got? Yep. So, yeah, that happened. He will be severely missed. Um, expect the next couple of days for Hugh Hefter tributes and tweets to come out. Yeah, something. Or something like that. We'll see. Uh, before we move on to music, this is kind of a segue story. What, why oh, sorry, music? music, video games. Right? Video games. It's just weird. I, there's a story that I know you have, we haven't talked about, which is a television story. And I don't know why you're waiting for music, even though the dude does music. Well, I'll put it in the music, that's why. <sighs> it's not a music story. That is a television story. No, uh, no, put it in the music. Uh, don't worry, I put, it, I put it in there. We can find video games. Video games. What do we have for video games? Uh, so, vi- so for video games, Sony. Um, two things, two notable things about Sony. Okay. First off, the Crash uh, Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah. Has sold over 2.5 million copies worldwide. That's really good. Yes. In case you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> yes. Uh, basically, anything over a million is great. But in this case, that's really good. Yes, because it's 2.5. Uh, this thing is selling like bonkers. Well, no, like, like uh, Bonkers is probably a, a different platformer. It, it is. This is Crash. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the upcoming games for PS Plus uh, owners for October okay. have been released. What do we got? They include Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. All right. Uh, Amnesia Collection. Monster Jam Battlegrounds. Hue. Uh, that's H-U-E, Hue. Okay. Uh, Hustle Kings. And Sky Force Anniversary. Okay. Uh, I'll try some MGS5. Yeah. I played uh, the thing that came out before it, the little demo thing. Right, the um, the prologue. I forgot what it's called. Uh, but yeah, I'll try the, the proper game out. I didn't actually play it when it came out. Um, it was kind of a, at a time where, kind of like right now, where a lot was coming out and we did not have the money for everything. Right. So um, yeah, I'll totally try some MGS5 uh, for free. Hey, it's free. Yeah. I, I mean, I finished I mean, it. it is a, what, three-year-old game now? The only uh, Mega Metal Gear Solid game I've played to completion was four. Uh, I... I did not play one through three. I played, I want to say, two. And then beat PS2. And then I played four, but I never beat four. Yeah, I finished four. It took me... Uh, actually, it didn't take me very long. That game is not hard. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what threw me. I, and that's why I liked it. <laughs> It was so weird and so... Yeah. The Metal Gear uh, universe is weird. It's very, very strange. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, the Hostile Takeovers. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Ubisoft. It's depressing news. <laughs> yes. And uh, not such high-regarded news. Um, yeah. Vivendi is officially looking to complete its Hostile Takeover of Ubisoft and pretty much buy out all stocks. Yeah. Yep. What we so, feared. Yep. So uh, earlier this month, uh, there were discussions in Vivendi about whether they should even stay invested in Ubisoft or or not, and just uh, basically sell off everything that they owned and let the company fend for itself. Um, turns out they went with the former route and uh, are going all in on Ubisoft, and they could take over them as early as November. So, we've reported on Ubisoft for a while now about how they are trying to 
stay an independent company, how they don't want Vivendi to yeah. take over for them. We talked and about this especially last week. You're, uh, basically, the conclusion we came to is like, it just we just don't know. Uh, there's been major corporate takeovers of smaller, uh, I guess in this case only slightly smaller, um, entities before, and it hasn't gone well. So just history repeating itself suggests that this would not be that having giant corporate overlords uh, calling the shots for Ubi would not be great. Right, and like we reported last weekend um, or la- yeah, last uh, show, the uh, primary uh, I want to say parents, but they feel like yeah. parents, um, owners of Ubisoft have bought more stock in order to right, retain the control. Right, the Gimo family yes. that bought a bunch of their shares. Uh, trying to keep the thing afloat. But it wasn't going to work because that's the thing about hostile takeovers. They're called that for a reason. Yes, they, they happen without warning. Yes. Which in this case, there I guess you could say there was a bunch of warning signs. There were warnings, but they were hoping that there was ways they could legally get out of it. Right. Or at least keep it at bay as, fast, uh, like, as long as possible. But ultimately, these guys really wanted it, so they got it. And it's now we'll see the aftermath of it. Yep. But who knows? We could uh, choose to remain uh, positive here, optimistic about this. Maybe they'll uh, let them be, for the most part, part, autonomous. We don't know. Maybe they will. But that remains to be seen. All right. And that brings us to our next story. And probably the last bit of news we will ever say about Shadow of War until it comes out. Yeah, probably. So... This would probably be the uh, definitive answer on the so-called uh, Forgoth the Destroyer DLC. Okay. And the final thing we'll ever say about this. This thing is still happening. Okay, one, yes, the this is still happening. But two, um, it is like coming to, this whole debacle about it is finally coming to an end. Okay. So, the, uh, as we've mentioned continuously on this podcast, the upcoming DLC for Shadow of War was created to immortalize Michael Forge uh, to raise funds to help support his widow and children. Uh, Warner Brothers Interactive now recognizes that that tying donations to sales of the DLC was not the best way to achieve their goal of offering financial support to the family, and they sincerely apologize to the fans and to the Forge family for the confusion that they have created surrounding this. Okay. Right, so, as of now, Warner Brothers Interactive will make a donation directly to the family. Okay. The DLC will be withdrawn from sale uh-huh. and will be a free download. Okay. Anyone who purchased the DLC will receive a full refund, and if you are interested in donating directly to the family, you can visit their... Uh, youcaring.com site by searching for Michael Forge. Man, that's a mess. So, the end result of trying to do something, of, of Warner Brothers Interactive trying to do something good, yeah. ended up being, well, we're just going to give you money and not deal with all these international laws yeah. and state laws and what we can and cannot do and just be like, okay, this is just, just, treat, just treat this as a free DLC. I mean, yeah, this was a total mess. I think they they dealt with it in the best way possible. Right. On the one hand, they were trying to do something good, but then on the other hand, there's 
everything against it. There's just things they couldn't control. Right. Uh, but I think that they ultimately made the right call here. They're still doing the right thing and donating to the, the, the cause. But they're also, understandably, hey, it's explaining to their audience, like, hey, we didn't know what we were necessarily doing with this thing. We apologize to you, too. Let's just give you the money back. You didn't have to spend anything. You're good. Right, considering that the game isn't even out yet. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they were trying to do something nice for one of their teammates and be like, hey, we're going to immortalize you. We're going to do something, you know, nice. And I thought it was good. But just... Yeah. It, it, it's things beyond their control yeah. happened. Crappy situation, but they got it resolved in the I think the classiest way possible. So yeah. good on them. Yep. Okay. All right, and that brings us to our next story about SAG AFTRA. Yeah. Uh, so this is a story we've been doing for almost a year now. I swear. Uh, on October twenty first, twenty sixteen. Yeah. SAG AFTRA went on. I was almost exactly right. Yes. <laughs> almost a year, a month, uh, about uh, 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 from a year. But anyways, yes, so they've been on strike against... Uh, so this is the uh, voice actors for video games have been on strike against a few key video game companies um, for all sorts of things. Right. Uh, so SAG-AFTRA has reached an agreement to end the strike against 11 uh, video game companies that were still holding out uh, that have been, uh, as we said, uh, waging the strike since October 21st of last year. The terms of the tentative agreement, uh, which was reached early Sunday morning, include a new bonus structure that provides additional payments to performers. Yes. That's good. Uh, the bonus is based on the number of sessions worked on each game, beginning with a $75 payment of the first session, totaling $2,100 after 10 sessions. There is also a new transparency clause Yeah. Uh, that I didn't know was not in existence. Yeah. Uh, because this new clause requires companies to disclose the code name of the project, its genre, and whether the game is based on previously published intellectual property, and whether the performer is reprising a prior role, as well as the <laughs> use of unusual terminology, either it be profanity or racial slurs. So this is interesting because, yeah, like you said, this wasn't already a thing. Like, so the you can imagine a scenario where somebody would. So let's just say Ashley Birch, uh, <laughs> member of SAG, after as yes. we know, um, comes in to record for a game Horizon and Zero Dawn. Do, but doesn't. So this is let's say Horizon Zero Dawn two. She yes. comes in not knowing that one is reprising a role that she was, has already been in. So right. they don't tell her it's Horizon Zero Dawn two. She just walks in. She just is handed a script. So like, read this. Turns out, it's just Aloy uh, saying fuck 18 times. <laughs> and so she just has to say, fuck, 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 as Aloy. And she's like, what What the hell is this? And they're like, oh, we can't tell you. It's like, what kind of game is this? Oh, we can't tell you. Just try different inflections. Yeah. Fuck. 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 That's our explicit warning, everyone. So yeah, I guess that won't that won't happen anymore. It was like the most extreme example of that. So. Right. But still, stuff like that happens because Apparently, there are a bunch of totally like, like NPC characters that do generic phrases that you don't necessarily say no. Like, what the game's what for? And like so, they come in and say, like, sorry, 
You can't purchase that. Now, there is one thing that they didn't get from this. Right. And that is the um, residuals. Okay. And so we've been on this podcast talking about how, yeah, it would be cool if they got them because that would be really great for the actors. But, of course, as we brought up before, the kind of weird caveat and probably why it didn't actually happen was because that voice actors aren't the only ones who don't get residuals from video games. In fact, what if I told you no one gets residuals from video games? Not the developers, not the artists, not... Those are the company, right? It's, it's, it's like the publisher, I think. Right, the publisher. It, nobody else does. So that is the thing that I think kept them from winning the golden goose, you could say. Right. It's because it's too strong of an argument that if no one gets it, why would the voice actors get it? So yeah, I understand when it's a medium that is 100% based on actors, like television, and well, I mean, not 100%, that's unfair. Uh, writers, you know, like that there's structure in place for those industries for television and film because, well, one, they've been around for way longer. Two, they've been unionized for way longer. Whereas video games, uh, the voice actors are like the only ones who are unionized. Right. There's no, well, besides some writers, depending on what writers you get, there's no union for developers. There probably should be, especially considering how, uh, you know, how tough uh, development can be, especially when um, there's crunch involved and all sorts of tough development situations. So yeah, it's like it, it, I'm not surprised that they didn't get that um, because no one has it, and so it's going to be have to take a huge change in the video game industry for that to happen. So we will see. Yep. All right, and that brings us to our final story of video game news, and that is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Right, so uh, Player Knowns Battlegrounds is currently, uh, as I'm sure you know, the biggest game on Steam. So you can extrapolate yes. that out to be the biggest game on PC right now. Right. So chances are, if you know somebody who's a big PC guy, they're prop or gal or whoever, they're probably way into Battlegrounds. Right now. And so the the kind of the uh, the the drum drum roll is now to when every game in the world imitates the Battlegrounds style. It's going to happen. Get ready for 2018. It's going to be nothing but Battlegrounds clones. However, it's already started in earnest. So, if I say the name Fortnite, do you remember that that one is a game, and two, who is it by? Ubisoft. No. Uh, no. <laughs> so, Fortnite, yes, is a game, and it's an Epic Games game. Okay. So uh, the studio that brings you the Unreal Engine right. is also responsible for Fortnite. Fortnite was a, um, I guess is, a currently in early access, even though it's technically not really treated as thus, um, game that is kind of a uh, hero-based shooter uh, with building elements. It's the one that Randy Pitchford of Gearbox uh, called... No, 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 that's, that's Battleborn. Never mind. <laughs> that, was, that was on purpose. Anyways... <laughs> So yeah, uh, uh, so Fortnite uh, decided to announce uh, late last week uh, that they were going to uh, make a Battle Royale mode. Battle Royale is kind of a catch-all term for games that are like battle, Battlegrounds, that are okay. big 100-player or whatever matches where it's the last person to survive wins. All right. Like Battlegrounds. So Fortnite introduced a Battle Royale mode, except with Fortnite characters and uh, a Fortnite map and uh, with the building that's in Fortnite that's not a Battlegrounds. 
So in the announcement that they put out for this, they had acknowledged that they were inspired by Battlegrounds, mentioned it by name. Uh-oh. And said that this was, yeah, inspired by them and that they think it's a really great game. They don't mean to take anything away from it. This is just, we wanted to do our own kind of take on it. Fast forward to this week. Uh, one of the dudes responsible for Player Unknown Battleground, Player Known himself, released a statement that, one, they weren't cool uh, with the fact that Fortnite has released this mode, and that they would, quote, continue further action if necessary, unquote. <sighs> so, since then, the internet, of course, freaked out about this for multiple reasons. One, surely the guy who made this should have known that this was going to be something that people would want to iterate on, that people, other developers would want to make their own versions of. Right. Because it necessarily... So, the other thing here is that... Just like when um, Five Nights at Freddy's came out yeah. and everyone was... Making the, clones of that. Making clones of that, yeah. Makes sense. And Flappy Bird. So, that's that's the other side of this flappy thing. Flappy Bird? Yeah, Flappy Bird. Like you mean Angry Birds. No, I mean Flappy Bird. Also Angry Birds. So many Flappy Birds. Also Bird Candy Crush. So the yeah, so reason this is for that is because in the United States, there is no way to copyright the look and feel of a video game. Yeah. You can copyright art, and you can copyright names. You cannot copyright the feel. So basically, gameplay is not something you can copyright. So there's no way that they can legally that they copied the game. Oh, God. So that's tricky with video games. That's why it's tricky. So anyways, uh, that book, then to kind of further wrinkle this, uh, the, the guy can, kind of came back out and kind of responded to this uh, criticism and said, the guy behind Battlegrounds, and said, oh, we weren't necessarily saying that Fortnite was, uh, didn't have the grounds to make a game like ours. That's fine. We just weren't cool with them using our name in the statement uh. and specifically referencing us without having discussed it beforehand with us. So it kind of changes the whole tone of it, doesn't it? It almost sounds like he had to walk it back because he came out basically sounding like, no one can make our game. We're the only game in town. Right. Which is not necessarily what he meant, or so he says. So we'll see how it goes out. We'll see if they actually do pursue any further... I mean, is there any other way you could take that statement then? No. No. So Epic is smartly keeping out of this. They have not made a statement about uh, whether they're, uh, they're going to do. Seems like they have a plan for releasing more content for this mode for Fortnite. So I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. I think they have complete legal grounds to keep this going. And yeah, I think this is just the first of many uh, Battlegrounds clones because that thing is huge. You know, you know how long this uh, debacle is going to last? Not very long. About a fortnight? Yeah, about a fortnight. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not a huge story, but because Battlegrounds is so big, I felt like we had to talk yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure it'll be something we have our eye on. Yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, Matt, what is in the billboard? In I can tell you what's in the billboard charts this week. This week? No, I'm talking about like next week. No, this week. Okay. Charts for Billboard. We have our Hot 100, which is our singles chart. We have a new number one. Your number one song. No, uh, not. Uh, so your new number one this week, moving up from further down, 
in the chart is Bodak Yellow Money Moves by Cardi B. So the this first, is notable. Yes, this is notable. The first female, female rapper uh, in 19 years to have a number one song on the Billboard chart. Wait, you're telling me that Nicki Minaj never had a number one? Nicki Minaj. Or does she not count herself as a female rapper? I, it's not true. <laughs> she definitely counts as a female rapper. No, she must have not have had a number one. Okay. Um, I guess Starships uh, was probably her biggest hit and probably was just a top five hit and probably never hit number one. All right. Uh, but yeah, so... So what was the last number one then? I, 15 years ago? Piece of uh, trivia I am not sure about. Oh. Uh, 19 years ago. So I don't 19 know what years it would have I'm going to go with Push It... Push It Tea, Salt, salt pepper. pepper. Salt and Pepper? Uh, push It? Yeah. That, that would be... Maybe. That would be... That's longer than 19 years, years ago. No, 19 years ago would be 98. Yeah, that's longer than 98. Okay. That song predates... So female so rap Missy Elliot. 98. Missy Elliott. Gotta be Missy Elliott, right? Yeah. Yeah. Work it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Sounds Is that 98? Right. That sounds right. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're talking out of our asses. Uh, but yeah. Uh, this is impressive, by the way. The rest of our, <laughs> the rest of our uh, top five singles here. Number two, debuting at number two, Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. Number three, Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift dropping down a few. Number four, 1-800-273-8255, Logic, featuring Alessia Cara and Khalid. And number five, Despacito, by Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee, featuring Justin Bieber. Your top 200, which is your album's chart, is topped this week by none other than your friendly neighborhood Foo Fighters. Concrete and Gold is their uh, number one album this week, debuting at number one. Number two, Love is Rage 2 by Lil Uzi Vert, moving up a little bit. Life Changes by Thomas Rhett, number three. Damn by Kendrick Lamar, getting a weird bump again, back into the top five at number four. And number five, 17 by XXXTentacion. Okay. And that's your album chart. Moana? For the week, Moana Watch 2017. Coming up on a year for the Moana. Moving down the list here. It's down. Uh, Out of the 20s? Down. Moana is number 19. Oh, hey. Back just, in the 20th. Yep. This week. Back so, yeah, that's your billboard. Yep. Um, new releases include Ben Frost, The Center Cannot Hold, uh, David Crosby with Sky Trails, a new Demi Lovato album. Okay. Um, I don't know why it's titled this, but it's titled uh, Tell Me You Love Me. Okay. I will, Demi. I, I will not. <laughs> uh, we also have Echo Smith. With Inside a Dream. Echo Smith once opened for swearing. I swearing. <laughs> right, we also have Fortet with New Energy. Uh-huh. We have Hertz with Desire. That hurts. We have Jessica Lee Mayfield with Sorry Is Gone. Uh, good thing the voice is back because Miley Cyrus has a new album out called Younger Now. Younger Now, finally. Yes, uh, including the hit single Malibu. I'm um, sure you can call that a hit. We also have Primus with The Desaturating 7. Okay. We have uh, a really great name here. Uh, Propagandi <laughs> with Victory Lap. That's a pretty good name. Uh, Shania Twain, uh, recently on Broad City, has a new <laughs> album out Yeah. Uh, called Now. Now? Now. 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 Yep. Out now. Okay. We also have The no, Dream. Yeah, out Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. We also have The Dream with Love Affair. Oh. 
Vessels with the, the Great Distraction, okay. and Wolf Alice with Visions of a Life. Alright. Okay. Moving on to music news. I'll probably suffer through uh, that Miley Cyrus thing. Uh, so, do we want to give our quick thoughts on... Or let's move to the some end. music? Do we want to talk about some music? Uh, well, yeah, we'll save it for the end. Because I did listen to some music this week. Alright, we'll, we'll save it for the but end. Yeah, then. let's do news first. Alright, so news first. Uh, holograms. Holograms. Are really hot. They always happen. Yes. Uh, as earlier <laughs> this year, Ronnie James Dio... A hologram was announced. Right. Uh, tour was announced, and now a new partnership has been announced uh, to develop a Frank Zappa hologram show. Sure. Uh, tour dates are planned to be announced in 2018, and will uh, go back out and on tour playing his most well-known music, as well as some rare, unheard material. Okay. So, looks like more hologram. Musicians are coming out <laughs> of the woodwork to go on tour. That's what happens. Yeah. The, the blood, sweat, and zeros. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not what you were going for there. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Okay. <laughs> Alright, moving on to the Super Bowl. Uh, as we previously mentioned uh, in this podcast, yeah. Lady Gaga was last year's halftime performer. It's true. Now that brings us to the question of who will be at this year's show? Well, I can tell you who won't be at this year's show. Who won't be at this year's show? Mr. Jay-Z. That is correct. Yeah, I saw this. Yes, and Mr. Jay-Z said he has no intentions of performing during the Super Bowl halftime show. He said that he was approached but did not want to follow his wife, Beyonce, uh, in her footsteps. Seeing as she's already performed twice. Uh, the NFL then, of course, released a statement saying, like, Ah, we haven't asked anybody yet. We don't know. It could be anyone. Which is false. Yeah. Because we're already in week four of the NFL. <laughs> they've had to talk And they've already had to have at least mention yeah. uh, who they would like to see. So, Matt, who would you like to see? Uh... Well, there's a lot of people I like to see. You mean who do I think they're gonna get? Yes. Uh, this is a tough one. Justin Timberlake. You'd be Bring right. You'd actually be correct, right on the nose. Yeah. As That's Justin be. Justin Timberlake is reportedly finalizing the deal to headline the 2018 Super Bowl halftime show. Gotta be. Okay. Here's the question, though. Here's the real question: If they do a JT Super Bowl uh, performance. Is there a Janet Jackson appearance? Just to see. Uh, Just to see what they, whether they do. Uh, yes, you bring this up because this will be uh, JT's return yes. after the, the Janet Jackson incident 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you believe Back that. in uh, 2004. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see if whether or not they perform the exact same song and the exact same moves and it actually works this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's even worse this time. There's no pasting. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what we're referring to, of course, is the infamous Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction incident, which is where actually that term comes from. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, with uh, JT and uh, uh, Janet Jackson. 
Uh, but yeah, I think that this would be his time to do it. Uh, I think he's enough of a solo artist at this point, especially since 2004. Right. He's had his entire career explode since Right, then. he's had Future Sex Love Sounds, he's had 2020 Experience. Yeah. He's a different artist than he he's was He's even in movies. He has so many hits he could do. He has so much material. He has, Everybody loves JT. Right. He's good on TV. Um, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I think Lady Gaga was a good fit last year because it's the exact same thing. Because they've just got these larger-than-life personas that they everybody knows who they are. It's just it, they need somebody like that to do the Super Bowl, and I think JT is one of our remaining performers who is that big yep. and that uniting. Uh, as of right now, it will just be Mr. Timberlake yeah. uh, with no surprise performances and no NC bandmates. But, you know... We're only four weeks into this thing? Yeah. It's I mean, the NFL? Now, if they really want to get somebody who, like, w- w- I think represent the league this year, get Kendrick frickin' Lamar. Right. But that's not going to happen. I admit that that is not going to happen. Right. Um, yeah, so like Tether said, uh, every, this could all change yeah. as we get closer to the date. Whether or not Kendrick Lamar does come out and do a song or something. Yeah, we'll see. Or, or like, plays Jay-Z's part in a... As long as this is not a long road to a frickin' Taylor Swift Super Bowl. You know she will eventually do one. Ugh. I know she'll eventually do one. Just not off this material. No. Ugh. Also, um, JT is currently working on his fifth studio album, so expect new material as well. Yeah, so expect news from him soon. Yep. Okay, cool. Alright, and that brings us to our probably most hilarious I piece. Think that, by the way, I, to be fair, I still think that that would actually also be a television story. If I was doing this categorization, that also would have been a television story. Just saying. Well, the, tell me, where you would categorize this story? <laughs> I don't know. What is this story? This is BLB. Oh, yeah, this is not a story. <laughs> I don't even know where you're talking about this. So, uh, <laughs> B.O.B., a.k.a. Bobby Ray, wants to try to be relevant again. He's <laughs> trying. Yes. So, he wants to prove that his either his career is not dead, but um, he's also trying to prove that the Earth is flat. I mean, this is a man who said, uh, who asked us all to pretend that airplanes at the, in the night sky were shooting stars. So, so he's really needing a wish right now. <laughs> he really does. It's some money right now, too, apparently. Yes, um, as he's launched a GoFundMe campaign to find <laughs> the Earth's curve and see if our planet is actually round. Oh, my God. Does he not? He plans to launch multiple satellites into space in order to observe and try to disprove centuries of science and technology. Hasn't he seen footage from satellites before? He is asking for $200,000, <laughs> but it's only racked up 3000 so far. It's, it's unbelievable to me how somebody can live in the year 2017 and not, not, not realize the obvious truth. According to the, the Flat Earthers Facebook page, there are 100,000 subscribers to it. There are dozens! There are literally dozens of, us. of, a, of them. <laughs> Seriously, that's what it sounds like. That's what that sounds like. Yeah. It's like, no one cares. I mean, does it really matter... Because you're just gonna—he's gonna shoot those satellites up, 
and he's gonna see the same curvature of the Earth that he's seen in every other picture and every other satellite image he's ever seen. But what happens if you go beyond the curve? You'll find nothing because it's flat. <laughs> no, it's just right. <laughs> That's how light works. You can only see a portion of what's lit. Get, so you want me to get lit? Oh, I'm sure he already is. <laughs> I'm sure he's very <laughs> lit. Hey. And that, yeah. Oh, so, um, so frustrating. All right. Speaking of frustrating, that brings okay. us to our final story. Okay. <laughs> this is frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because they're bringing it back, or because they chose Luke Bryan? Uh, because well, they're bringing it back, and they chose Luke Bryan. Okay, Luke Bryan will be a judge alongside Katy Perry on the reboot of American Idol for ABC. Right. This is in coordinates with, like like you just said, Katy Perry going back. Yeah. This will be on ABC. Ryan Seacrest will be back to host this thing. Yes. Um, it's weird that they're announcing this now, as auditions will begin in, like, two weeks. <laughs> yeah. As they start touring around. I feel like... It's also weird, because Luke Bryan is still currently on tour, and I'm seeing him... At the end, and literally one month from now, I'll be seeing you on I feel like Luke Bryant, well, that's because the, 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 these judges do not participate this early in the auditions. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think Luke Bryant is kind of the poor man's um, uh, uh, Blake Shelton in this case. <laughs> All in music, but also in, in, in uh, television now. Because like, this is obviously their, their, their try at, well, Blake Shelton works so well on The Voice, let's get one of those. Right. So... Uh, I mean, we have Katy Perry yeah. and Luke Bryan. Right. ABC has said they will be sticking to a three-judge format. We need a third. Name that third judge. We need a third. Uh, it's actually tougher than you think. Um, I would do... I think we talked about this briefly on this podcast before. Uh, let's do... Uh, Remember... Alan DeGeneres was once a judge. Yeah, that's true. It could be literally be anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Shania Twain was pretty good on that episode of Broad City. I'd like to see her do it. Or Cheryl Crow. Another country? Two country? I could see Cheryl Crow do it. You go two country there? Yeah, why not? Uh, see, see I, I'd go a little different. I'd go with uh, Jordan Sparks. Okay. Jordan Sparks have somebody with the uh, have a history of the show. Yes, an American Idol background. Nicki Minaj winner. She was all she was a judge. Yeah, remember? Do Nicki Minaj again with um, <laughs> Mariah Carey, who was also a judge. Yeah, let's not do Mariah Carey again. Um, Nick Cannon. Yeah, what's Nick Nick Cannon doing? <laughs> uh, uh, is that the new uh, show on NBC? What's, what's Nick Cannon, Cannon doing? doing? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many people they could go with. Uh, Celine Dion. Yeah. Why not? Well, we will. Uh, what about um, Britney Spears? Has she is ending her uh, contract at Las Vegas? No, no, I don't want to see Britney Spears. No, actually, now that she, now I think about it, I think you're on to something with uh, Jordan Sparks. So she'll bring that American Idol, yeah, um, backing to her. That's smart. That's a smart pick. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see Jordan Sparks do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that will premiere sometime next year, it sounds like. Yep. The, the tentative, no release date yet, but it seems like this production schedule would leave it next year sometime. Right, probably Summer. January. Oh, okay. Uh, release, uh, yeah. American Idol usually premieres in January. That was the tradition, yes, but they don't have to, they can buck that. Right, this is going on ABC. Yeah. But if you're going to be 
if you want to keep it as traditional as possible, he'll do it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to check out what they do with that uh, kind of relaunch. Yep. Cool. And with that, that brings us to our thoughts. Yes, it does. Uh, what did you listen to this weekend? Oh, no, 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 I didn't listen to that shit. Oh, you didn't listen? You sound, sound like you wanted to talk about something. Oh, uh, we'll just have to do Foo Fighters album. Well, we talked about that last week. Right. Uh, but was new this week, and then I uh, uh, listened to uh, most of. I actually didn't finish it, but I'm, I got the idea. I listened to Wonderful Wonderful, the new album by The Killers. The Killers. Uh, That's what I was going to do this weekend. Well, okay. Should I not? Here, here's the deal with this album. Is it not Wonderful Wonderful? It's a Trojan horse of a Killers album. Don't, don't fuck me here. What I mean that this is a Trojan horse, what I mean by that is the first two songs of this thing are very not traditional killer songs. You get two songs into this thing and you think that they've made a dance pop album. It's insane. There's a song called, and this was one of the singles that they released, called The Man, which is basically Brandon Flowers trying to be a weird disco like dance I don't know what he's trying to do but it's just just a weird 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 song and I just immediately hated it as I had to continue to hate it it goes on way too long and I thought I was like well at least they're trying something different wrong (laughs) the rest of the tracks are the very like traditional killer's ballads that we've gotten since um, since a day and age so, if you remember the whiplash you got the first time you heard Human. Yes. <laughs> I know I had whiplash the first time I heard Human. I was like, this yes. song is terrible. I remember where I was when I first heard Human. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, on the corner of Main Street. I'm sure you were. <laughs> God, that song. I still hate that song. I know you I hated that song the day I heard it, and I still hate that song with a passion. I think it's dumb. I think Are We Human or Are We Dancer is the wor- one of the worst choruses. It's such a dumb line. Anyways, so the rest of the songs on this album are basically that. They're super sappy ballads that uh, Brandon Flowers winds through. And it's just, it's not fun. It's another slog, like just slog to get through. So there was that like brief moment of time where I thought they did something different. And no, they really didn't. So I suppose... If you liked Battleborn, their last um, stab <laughs> at an album, it's very much in the same vein as that. So, uh, gird your loins. <laughs> the good killers are not back. It's just old killers. Reserved to you. So, have fun. <laughs> and that's it. Alright. Are we done? <laughs> yeah. Nothing else to say about that. Okay. Which means we probably should wrap this up. Yeah, we're coming up on uh, 145 here. So let's uh, put up our slate here. And Matt, count us off here. All right. So thank you for watching slash listening to the Media Vogue podcast. We are back next Wednesday. Every Wednesday night we record live. If you want to watch us live, we're on YouTube. Just search Media Book Podcast there. We're the one with the anchor. Tune in at 8 (laughs) p.m. Pacific time for a live stream of this show. We'll be back next week for another one, episode 92. 
If you want to see an archive of our show, they're also available on our channel on YouTube, so just check that out. If you want to see hear the audio version of our podcast, we're on iTunes. Just search Media Boat Podcast on there. If you want to read things that we've written, news stories, features, our thoughts, and more, go to MediaBoatPodcast.com. There we have everything that we've written about all sorts of things that we talk about on the podcast, as well as our home for the podcast and our home for our Twitch streams, if you want to see that. Twitch.tv is where we uh, stream and archive our video game streams. So if you want to tune in on Tuesday, like I mentioned before, for The Sanchise and other future sports-related, video game-related streams, tune in there. Twitch.tv slash MediaBoat. If you want to help us out with some money, if you want to see more content, or if you want to see even crazier things in this existing content, you can donate to us both on our site directly or on patreon.com slash mediaboat. There you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us out financially to make this even better than it already is. You can also find us on social media. We're at mediaboatcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Just search mediaboatpodcast. And we're probably on other things too, but that's mostly what we're on. You were asking about Alex? Yeah. And yep. she would be hurt. All right, uh, so that'll do it. We'll be back next week for episode 92 of the Media Boat Podcast. In the meantime, I have been Matt, and he has been Mike. I've been Mike, he's been Matt. <laughs> Don't forget to visit our website, MediaBoatPodcast.com, for all of our stories that we put up if you want to read more of our thoughts. Yep. And if you want to see more of our beautiful mugs, be sure to tune in more episodes right down there or right here on the side of the YouTube page, wherever they're at. Annotations are good for business. Yeah. Um, we'll see you next week. Yep. All right. Uh, yes, for you two guys uh, listening to our uh, podcast uh, via the podcast style, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.